0: Welcome to another episode of the Splitting Hairs Podcast, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. In this episode of the A-Team, the guys discuss and preview the upcoming playoff brackets. Splitting Hairs Podcasts are all presented by Drake's Place, Cottonwood Coffee, and are also sponsored by Dakota Iron Equipment, Shenanigans Pub, and Culver's of Brookings in Watertown. Now here's your hosts, Matt, Dallas, and Chad.
1: And welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. It's uh, kind of a victory Sunday. You know, we talk about victory Sundays when we do the show, um, but we have an exciting uh, show tonight for you. Chad, Dallas, and our special guest, Jackrabbit wide receiver coach, Josh Davis here with us tonight. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, guys. Good, good. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Um, Before we get started here, just got to do a quick shout out to a couple of our sponsors, Uh, Cottonwood Coffee in in Brookings, South Dakota. Again, it's some of the best coffee you can get. Uh, As I've talked about before, the Bistro, I love going there for their omelets, their pancakes, all that good stuff. Uh, When I worked in Brookings, it was a regular stop for me, Uh, but now I can get my coffee at Walmart uh, for Cottonwood here in Minnesota. So that's pretty cool. If you're not in minnesota though you can also order online cottonwoodcoffee.com use code ji22 for 10 percent off your order so thanks cottonwood for your support um next we got to go all the way to Bowdle, south dakota and talk about drake's place uh, where you can get all your calzones all your drinks um, all your gas that you need on your way out to go deer hunting or in the summer if you're heading out to the river uh, stop by Drake's and Bowdle, and they'll hook you up with what you need uh, to make sure you're having a great trip. Uh, thanks, Drake's, for your support. All right. And with that, we have a little bit of breaking news that happened right before we came on here that we want to get to really quick. Before what we what talk did I miss? Coach Davis. Yeah. Oh, you're going to like this. I don't know, I, like this. So, I don't know so what this is. The, the Fargo Forum writer, Mike McFeely, is reporting that three NDSU players have hit the portal. Uh, Marcus Siegel, the oh. Siegel, the quarterback um, out of Omaha, uh, DJ Hart, wide receiver, and Dom Ganella, their big running back, went uh, into yeah. the transfer portal. So um, Ganella has seen his carries dip a little bit due to some fumbling issues recently. But Hart, someone that has really emerged, and uh, Siegel, Siegel, after uh, um, has really become their number three cornerback, kind of replacing. Uh, Jaden Price, who, who, you know, is their good punt returner. So really some interesting breaking news on day when the the brackets were announced, the final win just happened. So uh, we'll talk more about that, but we just wanted to touch on that right away here. So
2: well, they just catch me off guard. You hate (laughs) to see discontent up there. I just, if (laughs) of all the
0: places, (laughs) of all all the the places,
2: places. (laughs) I hate to see it.
0: Maybe they uh, got what they needed and they're leaving the shopping mall. There you
2: go. Good go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oof. All right. So, Coach, uh, yeah. thanks for being with us. We just wanted to have you on and, and kind of talk about your year, talk about today. Uh, so let's start there with today. First, how
3: was Selection Sunday for you? It was great, man. I had a, I had a recruit on campus this morning, so I was walking him around from, you know, 10 to 1130, and then 11, 1115, my family showed up. And what's cool about South Dakota State in today was how many people were there that aren't directly involved in our locker room, but completely welcome. It felt like family, a lot of love in that room. And then, you know, I always said going into it, I don't, I don't care if we're the one or the two seed. Um, And we kind of spoke on that in some staff meetings, but to hear our name as number one, it was actually pretty refreshing, pretty rewarding. Um, Our guys deserved it. It, uh, there's a sense of respect from the nation when South Dakota state gets, gets the number one bid. I think, you know, people know how good Iowa was and how close we were to winning that football game. Um, you know, just we just didn't obviously didn't score enough points that day. But uh, today was a special day. Just the look on everybody's faces and the applause and and the hugs and the high fives. It was cool. Mm-hmm.
2: The one thing that that impressed me looking at the the video from Zimmer and and Borg and I forget whoever else put stuff out was when you go back to the the previous one seed uh, in the spring season. The reaction was was different. It was still joyful. It was excited, but it was there. Was just it looked like more of a business like atmosphere to me. Do you think that's accurate?
3: I don't know. I wasn't here.
2: I, I know you weren't there, but I mean, uh, they just looked like not not in comparison. I'm sorry. I I didn't, that, that's not fair I to put that. But
3: we have a really mature team. I, you know, just in terms of how we handled today, I felt like it was. We're, we're we're ready to, to line up of it versus whoever we match up against. You know, we'll probably talk about some of the opponents, but we have a mature group. Um, we really do, and Coach Dig comments on that all the time. And a lot of a lot of people and fans that aren't in our locker room think that's just coaches talk, but it's really not. If you look at the leaders on our football team, and um, I I think it was somewhat business approach, Dallas, but uh, a lot of smiles and high fives and hugs, and um, our guys deserve the number one seed and i think the sac state young men did too but it just didn't fall their way so
2: oh for sure for sure and i i mean i think everybody said that all along that there wasn't gonna, nobody was going to be disappointed right i mean sac state completely had a case uh you know i'm i wouldn't argue either way uh but yeah but back to that question like i said it was more that if i remember right in that spring season he was a one, I think that was a bit of a surprise. Maybe surprise, yeah. the first time that it happened, everybody was jumping around. This was just as joyful, but but yeah, to me, looking at it, you could just sense determination. You could sense just like, all right, the cards are out in front of us. Let's go, and that's cool yeah, and, and to
3: see. You, and when you, when you get to revisit those feelings, there there is going to be a different reaction, you know, to that announcement. So hopefully, it's uh, it's something we can overcome. And you know, SDSU fell short in the spring of two thousand twenty-one, and. We're trying to, to learn from that experience.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Josh, you know, looking back over your career, you know, you you played uh, towards the end of the Division Two era, um, you know, set all sorts of records and things like that. And now to today, earning the number one seed again. Um, can you talk about that that, that growth as an alum and now a coach and someone who went away but came back? You know, just kind of talk about that evolution a little bit
3: yeah it's something uh it's something i'm proud of i'm a jackrabbit at heart I've, I've i had a tr- tremendous experience here from 2001 through 2005 and i played two years of division two football and two years of division one football okay. um and it's kind of you don't know what you don't have i had a tremendous experience and i think so did my teammates you know, we would complain a little bit about the Grays and and turning those in after every – the Grays were our shorts and our T-shirts, and we'd turn them <laughs> in after every season and they'd check them back out to us when we got back. But we just didn't know better. We mm-hmm. we were a group of guys that cared about each other. And, you know, Coach Stig's message was pretty much the same back then. You know, team first, team last, uh, make the correct decision type, type of uh, um, uh, direction with our football program. But so many more people – are aware of South Dakota state. I think that the NCAA basketball success and just getting that jackrabbit on ESPN a handful of times. And then the women's basketball backing that up. And we've had a variety of other sports that have carried our name strong. And then football's right there winning a lot of football games. And I think since what is it, 2013 we haven't missed the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. it's just stacking success on success. Uh, You don't know how fast that fan base has grown, but it's definitely grown. And with that, growth and fan base comes growth in support as well. Financial support, just taking care of our program, obviously uh, with the buildings and the facilities that our football program has, we feel like we can recruit against anybody in the nation and even beat some group of five schools. We, not only on the field, but in the recruiting world. Um, Something I'm proud of. I don't dwell or think about it all that much. I had a great experience. I think that the 07, 08, 09, 2010, 12 era, they had great football teams and great success as well, but we've been able to continue to grow as a program with recruiting, with facilities, with support, with the stadium, that now here we are. So mm-hmm. something I'm proud of for sure.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And this this is kind of cool too, what goes along with what you're mentioning. Thanks, Randy, for saying this. Um, he says, nice to see SDSU getting the top seed now on the ESPN crawl during the Kentucky-Gonzaga basketball game. Yeah. Like how cool is that? Just mm-hmm. that's showing up over marquee game millions of eyes seeing that that's right um you know chad dallas i I don't want to monopolize
0: the conversation here you guys got anything i was just going to ask how much the change has been um you know facility wise and and recruit wise from when you were there till now and, and how you see that changing Culture-wise, I mean, the culture probably hasn't changed much, but as far as the level of recruit and and maybe talk a little bit about the upcoming guys that we have. I
3: see we I got think, one
0: from Sioux Falls, so
3: yeah, I think uh, I think Stig's been consistent with how he's ran our program, but he's also grown a lot at accepting quality advice from from quality assistants. Um, all the way from our training staff to our strength staff, to our administration, to our support staff, you know, Jonathan Schaefer and the guys that he's able to work with. Um, we truly show up every day with the championship mindset. Um, I feel like that was sprinkled into our program throughout the early 2000s. And as, you know, 2010 went by that you you had tastes of that. But now you have 110 lockers, 110 guys on the roster, and then you got an extra – you know 30 to 40 people who work every day within our football program that our team first and bought into us being a championship level program and it carries over into recruiting it carries over into what you guys do for our football program just spreading our name and information and showing support and love that way and and sometimes some some careful criticism even um and, that, and that's okay because by no means are we perfect but um it all, it, it's all part of how we got to where we are there. You know, it's hard to just finger, uh, put my finger on one part of that. And, you know, you commented on what's to come uh, I'm not going to drop a ton of names on here, but we, we have uh, some really good guys that are future jackrabbits coming aboard. And one of the receivers that I think you might be mention mentioning, mentioning, I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, I, uh, I, I, I got hired during that during his recruitment and um, was able to to meet and see and and, and visit with him and his family and get to know him. But uh, we we feel really good, not only about uh, that young man, but about who he's going to be future teammates with. And we got some work to do yet for the class of 2023. We're working on that during these couple of off weeks pretty regularly. Some of us traveled, some of us didn't. We were in the office prospecting. But uh, it's a really good time at the end of the year with this buy to really focus in and not play catch up, but try to get ahead with uh, some of these recruits who are making decisions in their families. So um, we, recruiting is funny. You're never going to hear a coach talk about we're not that excited about our future, right? It doesn't exist. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I can say it with confidence that we're bringing quality young men into our program we want young men who plan to be here for five years. You know, you guys were talking about the transfer portal, and that's very real. And we're just on the brink of what, what this is going to do to institutions such as ourselves. You know, you got you got Power 5 teams that are contacting really quality FCS players and trying to steal them off their rosters. So it, every offseason is going to be a battle protecting the roster that we have. And then pleasing the needs of the young men who, who are thirsty for more, whether it's playing time or whatever that might be. Uh, you got to kind of put a different hat on versus a coach and and um, uh, be a little bit of a psychologist and uh, just somebody who, who they can lean on and give information to and love them up. But we want young men that want to be here. I feel like that's why we are successful and we got a roster full of guys that really love Brookings, South Dakota and one another. And we're going to work hard to, to keep it that way. So,
1: good. So, I, I'm curious, you know, or one, one thing I want to do quick. You mentioned uh, John Schaefer, um, and I have just uh, the work he does is really cool, lining up all the visit stuff. Um, but Tanner Castora from Kelland did yep. a really good story this week on Chuck case Mm -hmm. the ga and john schaefer and the work they do behind the scenes yeah if, if you haven't watched that yet find tanner's twitter um that's a phenomenal story tanner does such good stories we love tanner a friend of the show, friend of the pod, um, but watch that. Chuck and John, just the work they do. Very cool we got, stuff.
2: We got to we gotta figure out how to float Tanner, some NIL money, keep him around.
3: He's quality. And for him to yeah. kind of yeah. stand around and watch our program and make decisions on who and what to do a story on, he picked a couple of good ones. Um, you know, people you don't often think about, but uh, they definitely make our program go. And not yeah. only, you know, Chuck Case, but – there's there's seven, eight, nine, ten guys in that cave every day doing work behind the scenes, and they, they keep the door closed because it doesn't smell great in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, we've all been to those meeting rooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, I got, do you want to flip?
1: Oh, Sorry, Matt, go ahead. I, well, you know, so we talked a little bit about recruiting and some of the bigger picture stuff. I want to hear you talk about the Yankees. Again, I've heard you talk about them, but I, I just really enjoy your perspective on them. Yeah, and sure. um, what they need to do here, than last four games, hopefully. So,
3: I've, uh, when I was at Northwestern College the past six years as the offensive coordinator, I paid a lot of attention to Jackrabbit football and the Yankees. And, um, I was, I was interested to, when I got hired, I, I was eager to meet them and, and, and really analyze their skill set. Um, not that my opinion is better or worse than any other buddy that was spectating them, but, um, I've been extremely impressed with, um, their eagerness to take coaching. Hmm. You You get a, you bring a new coach in, um, for what, for, for what was labeled as their senior season. And a, a lot of young men don't take to a new coach when they've already been established. It's kind of like when John Gruden got hired by the Packers and Sterling Sharp was like a 10 time all pro back then. I read a book on that. That's why I bring it up. And he, and he kind of talked on how he handled that relationship. Um, but day one, they had their pens out and they had their notebooks out and they were ready to take notes on what I was talking about within our offense. I was really impressed by that, day one. Uh, Instinctfully, they're a couple of the most talented young men that I've ever been able to work with. Um, I was fortunate to spend a couple years with, you know, the Snyders, Jason Snyders and the – Jake Winneke's and I even got to work with Dale Moss back in the day, and they're right up there with just football instinct, things that you don't have to drill and teach. They kind of have natural God-given ability to do some things. I'm really pleased with that, whether that's press releases or whether that's decisions that you make in the course of a route. I'm supposed to run a 12-yard curl. I got pressed off the ball. I didn't quite get a clean release. I'm going to turn this into a 10-yard and be a little flatter. Uh, Things that make justifiable sense from a coach's Mm -hmm. perspective, they do naturally. And I'll often try to like cut those plays out and I call it clinic film. Just this is this when I want to teach a young man what to do, I'm going to show them. And the Yankees are on quite a few of those. Um, really good people good family i love the fact that they're local that that means Mm -hmm. something to us and and to me even uh, as a position coach and they're likable guys they're lead by example they're not rah-rah in your face type guys they they keep to themselves Um, they like to feel good like most receivers do um (laughs) they're they're, they're tougher than heck though if you tell them to to give it all they have to go block a safety that's what you're going to get out of them they don't tiptoe around and um Mm -hmm. I've tried to increase their reps this year um last year there's a handful of games where Jaden was out there 30 snaps out of like 65 and Jackson was only out there like 40 and I I challenged them to to fight through that temptation to tap your helmet and come off the field and stay out there give us more Mm -hmm. and and truly exhaust yourself on every play and they've responded pretty well to that so Chad
2: and Matt we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that it hit me that those are two guys that if they weighed 10 pounds more, 15 pounds more, you could stick them at linebacker. You could stick them at safety now. You could stick them mm-hmm. on the defensive line. If they, Like, I don't tight end whatever. Like, they're just football
3: players. And mm-hmm. I they
2: just, yeah, they strike to me as somebody they could do anything.
3: Uh, put yeah, and I, I think in terms of their future, they're they're equal to a lot of the young men that they're going to have to prove themselves better than to make it at the next level. But what they have going for them and what I'm trying to talk with the scouts that visit with me about is they will be really good on punt team running down as gunners. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They will be really good as a bullet on a kickoff team because they're not soft. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They can tackle. They can shed. They can dip and rip. Um, they can near pit rip on special teams, just some of the terminology that we use. So, um, you know, when I played back in my day, I was a one show pony, man. I was a wide receiver. Don't put me out there (laughs) to do much else. But they're 6'2", 210 pound kids that that, that have instinct all over the football field. So we're blessed to have them. We'll see Mm -hmm. what they decide to do. Uh, they're getting a lot of NFL interest. I do think they have a small amount of interest in, in returning to the Jackrabbits and and playing another season. So we'll see what turns out with that. You know, uh, throughout the bye weeks, we'll probably have a couple more conversations with those guys, but that's to be determined. We sure. won't truly know until um, mid January when hopefully we wrap things up. So, yeah. so you're
2: saying there's a chance? Yeah, there's a chance. That's all. Know. That's all I need, man. I don't, <laughs> so, don't care. You
3: can it, be to me right now. That. I don't care. <laughs> and another thing about that is, is with Division One football and transfer portal, there's uh, there's young men that have worked really, really hard in and waiting for mm-hmm. their opportunity for the Yankees to leave and for mm-hmm. and for to see what we can do to fill those shoes. So I'm excited Fair. about that as well. Uh, I I got a really good group of guys that I get to work with. We love each other, and they're they're doing what's asked of them. They're hungry for every opportunity they get. Um, so I'm excited for, for whatever does happen. Uh, I think we'll be in a good spot
2: awesome.
0: Man, I, I, last year. I just thought that the Yankees blocking was completely un, underrated and sure, it's, it's yes. a huge part of the game out there and they can yeah. make a, make a small pass go for so much, yep. so much further. Or, and we're, and longer. we're
3: stubborn. Um, we're we're, we're going to run the ball when we have seven blockers and they have eight immediate fitters. We run the ball here at South Dakota state. And so how do you handle that eighth tackler? Well, you get your receiver in there and you get mm-hmm. him involved um, in the run game. And we preach it. I don't make light of it. Even with the recruits that I bring in that are seniors in high school right now, you will be involved in our run game or you won't be on the field. That's mm-hmm. uh, that, that's, how, that's kind of Missouri Valley-wide, but definitely here at SDSU as well. So Sure. Yeah, it shows.
1: And, so, so you mentioned a little bit, uh, th- these guys know, I love the recruiting, the roster building aspect of all mm-hmm. of this. You know, and you have some young guys in your room, like you mentioned, uh, A.J. Coons, Devin mm-hmm. Cole, Tyler Feldkamp. Uh, I mean, Canyon Bauer is a veteran and stuff. We, yep. we know him. Um, that's about but, to nerd out. Yeah, no, But just, you know, you when we talked before the season, Dane Miller, someone that, you know, mm-hmm. you were excited about his future and stuff. Can you talk about those guys a little bit? And, and sorry, Dallas, for nerding out for a second. I just love roster building recruiting.
3: Well, I – Aj Aj plays a role in our offense right now in our mm-hmm. heavy set personnel. I, I labeled him as the starter in that group, and I think Canyon Bower is rotating in in that package as well. They don't get a ton of opportunities to catch balls in that package, but they might, mm-hmm. right? Just with just as tendency breakers, and I believe that when we do give them a route to win, they can win those reps. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout fall camp, Devin Cole was our most productive wide receiver targets, catches, and yards. He's an overachiever. Um, he's a he's scrappy, tough. I. You know, you've seen him jog onto the football field for probably twelve to fifteen reps per game mm-hmm. this season, mm-hmm. and he's held his own. Um, there's still some, there's still some, some route technique stuff that Devin's working on. But when the ball's in the air, he's going to find a way to come down with it. Uh, I really believe in Devin Cole and 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 what he's going to be able to bring to the table in the future. Canyon Bower is a do it all type guy for us. Canyon's got a really good future for us. He's to, to the naked eye, to the general fan, they don't realize how valuable Keenan Bauer is for our offense. And I've brought him in a couple of times just to make sure I pat him on the back and say, hey, man, keep it up. There's not a ton of glory with what you're doing right now, but there will be. There's light mm-hmm. at the end of that tunnel. Um, and then AJ, like we already talked about AJ, but AJ's wide receiver ability is there. Just he needs, he needs, uh, he, he needs another offseason, most likely to where he is in the huddle with Mark Gronowski every time. And they're working on that timing and the... And the, the relationship that way, but he's got a good future. Um, Feldkamp, that right now as a practice player, is doing an incredible job. Uh, when his time comes, I feel like he's going to be full circle wide receiver ready to handle everything that this position requires. Um, because I feel like coming out of high school, the, the, the athlete label was Tyler Feldkamp, mm-hmm. kick returner, punt returner, ball in hand player. But his route technique and his understanding of assignments and when to route adjust and when not to, and when do I, uh, when do I set my route down? Uh, what kind of releases do I use versus Isaiah Stallberg coming out to reroute me? Um, so just the, uh, the experience that he's getting right now is really going to benefit his future. Um, awesome. And he stayed really, he, he's had a great attitude throughout this season and uh, I'm pretty proud of Tyler for where he's at. Um, awesome. And then, and then our young guys, Rhett Foster, um, our defense talks highly of what he does down there every week on scout team. Rhett's a stud. Uh, he's got a really good future with our program. Dane is still learning the intricacies of wide receiver play. Dane dropped a lot of balls throughout fall camp and early on, and I I challenged him with, with his ball skills, and he's responded really well, staying after practice on the jugs machine. Uh, I'm just pleased got guys that want to be coached and want to get better. And they're very likable young men. They, 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 uh, they fit our culture really well. So
1: awesome. Cool. Uh, you know, we, we, don't want to keep you too long here, but you know, over the next, the rest of practice, you know, un, until <laughs> December 3rd, what's yeah, that to schedule to look like for you here? guys?
3: Yeah. Um, this past week, um, week, we competed pretty well on Wednesday, um, Tuesday was a little bit lighter, in my opinion. I think we went around 15 periods, but it's improvement week. So, you know, throughout the last three to five weeks of the season, I would have 10 minutes of Indy maybe to work on fundamentals. And then after the Northern Iowa game, I uh, I gave the Yankees some pretty poor grades on their wide receiver fundamentals, getting jammed off the ball. Um, not winning versus press coverage with sloppy technique, not sloppy, but not elite, I guess I mm. should say. And we're not using our hands as well as we should have. And we're not, we're not, you know, double or triple move releasing the way we used to work on every day in fall camp. And Jaden actually came up to me. He's like, man, it's funny how the fundamentals go. And I was like, exactly. Right. Mm. So I was able to, uh, you know, put some more indie time on the practice plan. Uh, Just go through the the everyday drills that we were missing out on for a handful of weeks, keeping guys healthy, not wearing down their body with extra time on the practice field. So it really is important because human nature is to fall short. Mm. And uh, those fundamentals are the first things to go when you think you just got it all figured out and all we're doing is schematics and running plays at each other. Those fundamentals do go to crap pretty fast. So as a coach, it's not just myself, but all of us coaches are focused more on getting back to the techniques we want to see. How can we be successful? The defenses that we're about to face are going to be better. Missouri Valley defenses are legit, but now we're to the cream of the crop where we're going to have to earn everything we get moving forward. Um, So that's what improvement week is about. And, And then we do do a little bit. We do one on ones quite a bit. That's kind of the competitive full speed part of practice is just one on one reps. Good versus good. But other than that, we're taking care of our bodies and getting them some mental work with formations and shifts and just blocking assignments and things like that. So upcoming is to be determined. Uh, we met today uh, after the selection show. We talked about Monday, um, kind of what that's going to look like. It'll be a little bit lighter, just kind of seeing who's off the injury report, who's on, where we at, Charlie Miller with, with bodies and getting guys mm-hmm. back and who who can go full and who's limited reps. Um, Tuesday, we'll um, – get out there and i, I think tuesday is going to be a pretty heavy work day a um, little bit of conditioning as well Sh- scratch that we're going to condition on wednesday but tuesday <laughs> night's practice is followed by wednesday morning practice so there's a oh. quick turnaround there so we got to be careful with what we're planning on uh for wednesday just with the quick turnaround but we'll talk yes. as a staff we'll spend a lot of a lot of time trying to be perfect even though that, that doesn't exist and uh, making sure that we're putting thought into doing the right thing for our football team. Is, is so. that quick
2: turnaround? Is that a is that a schedule thing with classes, or what? What's that about?
3: No, they don't have school on Wednesday, Dallas, and so we are allowing some guys to hit the road for Thanksgiving. Oh, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it just it allows guys that live two, three, four hours to be able to go enjoy that break.
2: Awesome. Yep. Good. that's great.
3: Yep. Anything
0: else, fellas, for Coach?
2: I I was curious. Go ahead, Dallas. All right, I, I got one here so one thing that i think that we've talked about a little bit here that's that it's faded from memory you know we we enjoyed kind of uh uh, not obsessing but but talking through at the start of the season was the the coaching turnover and what that was going to do and and i had some some concerns not about the quality of of the coaches that were stepping in but just the fact that you know anybody listening think about your job think about if you have a busy season if you turned over the majority of your high level managers right going into that that's going to cause some disruption and some issues and i tell you what i I don't know that we've seen uh, call it drop off or whatever but that like it hasn't been talked about it's been flat out forgotten so you've only seen the backside of this but can you just speak to that a little bit in the coaching change and how everybody's kind of come together
3: um yeah i think Coach Stig's requirement, I sat in on a lot of interviews when I was here previously from, oh, what was it, 2009 through 2016. We made a lot of hires throughout that process. And before the interviews, Stig would address the staff and say, we're looking for somebody with great character and we're looking for somebody with great work ethic. And it always starts there. Two simple things. Um, Forget about talent and schematics and what they know, great character and great work ethic. And I feel like we've done that i um, not not tooting my own horn by any means, but we've done that team oriented guys that can come in and and recognize what role needs to be filled and play that role to the best of their ability. Speak up when you feel like it's time to speak up and when you have bold opinions about things, but sometimes keep your mouth shut and, and do your job. And, um, and you do have to know when to lead and when to follow as an assistant coach. And I feel like we do a really nice job of that. And I think probably the most important factor, Dallas, is the maturity of the guys we work with, the, 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 the guys who play the game. Um, they, they welcomed us with open arms. You know, you think about Chris Myers, our tight ends coach. Who did he come in to work with? Zach Hines, Tucker Craft, you know, and uh, Mike Morgan. Three really high-quality, character-oriented, team-oriented, brotherhood-type guys that welcomed him with open arms. And we already talked about my room. And, and just how, how down to earth and, uh, and great that that group is, um, you know, and then Kubaki getting hired, uh, working with C9, uh, they, they accepted him really well. And I'm probably forgetting about somebody else that, that we hired. I, I don't even know. Well, Bobbitt, you know, Bobbitt's a former Jackrabbit and Bobbitt and Jimmy had such a good relationship prior to the Bobbitt hire that that probably hit the ground running right away as well. And sure. those of you who know Jesse Bobbitt know he's, he, he's, he's a dude, man. He's a, he's one of the homies. Oh, no. So he, he can, <laughs> he can hang out. He's a grinder. He's a he's work ethic oriented. And he came from Washington state where, where there's some good things going on. And he was, a, mm-hmm. he's able to bring ideas. Here's how we did it in the PAC 12 coach. And we'll analyze what he has to say. We'll, we'll pick and use some of that stuff or say, no, no, we're going to keep it, you know, the way we've always done it, but there's great conversation, great ideas, Uh, amongst our coaching staff so and ultimately it comes down to the players performing and and, and opening up and taking coaching and being mature enough to say uh, this is different than the way the last coach taught it but when we leave this meeting room that's the way it's going to be so you guys know our expectations and um I think ultimately it is the players though um the, the cool. veteran guys that we were able to work with. We didn't have to develop new starters at very many positions. Yep. We developed depth and we, we motivated the the talent that we had and encouraged them to continue to perform well. But that's ultimately the key is, is the young men. So.
1: cool. Well, well I, uh, nope. Jen, I, I was Jen just hoping something. that
0: you could maybe, Talk a little bit about uh, how Chris Crocton impacts the team and because uh, that's got to be new for you at, at this level because you Chris, didn't have that before. Chris's so.
3: role on our football team is equal to, if not greater than, the assistant coaches. Um, hmm. wow. He's full-time. Um, hmm. he, he's loved. His when, when, when Chris talks, people listen, and usually people get their pen ready to write something down. Um, guy puts a tremendous amount of mental energy into his mental performance coaching. He's not um, he's not throwing it off the cuff and doing it live. He's reading books. He's taking notes. He's he's extremely prepared for the small segments of time that he gets with our football team. If you guys haven't sat in on one of Chris Croc's team meetings at all. Uh, I don't know if I have the power to do this, but I'll certainly open the door to let you guys sit in the back with me. But it's it's worth it. He has he has presentations ready. He's used Michael Jordan. He's used Kobe Bryant. He's used Alabama football, Georgia football. You never know what he's going to bring. But I'll tell you what, when uh, when he gets fired up, his voice goes way up. It's loud in there. Um, you don't have a choice but to lock in on what Chris is talking about and what Chris is saying. And then even in our staff meetings, coach Stig uses him for insight on, um, you know, Hunter Dustman missed a couple of field goals at Missouri state. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And prior to that, he was money. And since then he's been money, but we talked in our staff meetings about what are we doing with Hunter during the week of practice? And Chris had some strong thoughts on what we might be able to switch up with his routine to make it more game-like and, um, who knows if that's the reason that Hunter's got back on track? But I didn't have any thoughts on what Hunter needed to do, but Chris did. You know, and it's just the guy is the guy's extremely valuable. I I had my reservations on mental performance and what that was all about until I got hired here, and I, I, I I've uh, I've always really liked what Chris has done, but um, he's a huge part of our success and getting the guys to where they need to be. And we talk a lot about our guys' maturity. Chris has a ton to do with that. Um, if Mm -hmm. i was missing that when i was 18 to 22 years old just just uh, somebody to lean on for uh, mental structure and and organization that way so
2: i
1: i didn't know about it either until i was in grad school in mankato and their players were talking about it all the time yeah and uh i came on here about three four years ago right guys and and if, if we had a, the magic wand question, if you had a million dollars, what would you do for the program? And I said, I'd hire a mental performance coach just cause yep. I had seen what it did in Mankato. Yep. So yeah. that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad he's been so well received and having such an impact.
3: No, he's, on program, he, he, so. he's one of us. He's not a, um, he's not, he's not uh, considered below any of us by any means. He's uh he's great for our program for sure. That's awesome. So, yep. well,
1: you know, Coach, uh, thank you for the time. I mean, I, hopefully you've seen the comments when they pop up. Um, everyone's grateful for your time as well. Jim Poppin, thanks for your insight, Coach. Appreciate your time. Scott Rust says, Josh, thank you for what you have yeah. done and do for the SDSU football program. The fans and alums appreciate the sacrifice you and your family give to the university. So thank you very much for your insight. My pleasure, um, guys.
3: It's, not, it's, it's, it's simple. It's easy for me. I'll tell you guys what I tell my players most times we break down after practice. I love my job. I'm able to work with really good people, work for a coach that I love and I, and, a, and I believe in at a program that I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of. So this is simple for me. Easy, easy, easy stuff.
1: Cool. Well, thank you very much. And enjoy the night with your family.
3: Sounds great. Take care guys. Yeah. Thanks coach. Thanks. Yep. Good to see you guys. All right. all right that was great that was
2: that (laughs) was that was fun i josh is such a good dude why have why have we never had
1: uh coaches on with us live before
2: i don't know i just Uh... with him i i I mean i I know him obviously and i I talked to him during the summer at the at the youth camp and i just figured we'd wait until improvement week to do it
1: sorry chad my bad you have no i mean live with you like every right. third episode so
0: i was gonna say well <laughs> we tried to do it on my podcast but uh you know i wasn't really gonna bring that up I, I i was actually trying to rack my brain why we haven't done it you know we've had the other radio personalities and stuff and they bring unique perspectives and some insights into the program because like yeah. you know tanner like he was saying is really plugged in and matt zimmer is and so is zach mm-hmm. borg and they've yep. all been on our podcast so when, and we're trying we're to get when to people as much as we can
2: oh, yeah. it is. I mean, it's it's schedule. I mean those guys are working I don't even know yeah, how right. many hours a week all the way through season. you know you can get get a you know get a get a Zimmer or somebody in that can drink a beer while they're doing it and completely talk smack and say whatever they want.
0: yep. yep. well, wow, that was great. That was cool. I always feel half guilty when I take the coach's time just to come talk to you know yeah, so.
1: come yeah, hey, Chad, pull up the bracket. Let's get into that. all At right. Least. <laughs> look at that all Ooh. right we so, are the
2: number one seed oh my goodness
1: yeah i so fellas i was in Ooh. church and that one text <laughs> yeah. i sent to the one text i sent to our group was sent on a quick bathroom run with my kids <laughs> uh and so uh, i didn't actually see what happened until i until i got out so yeah me wow either. i didn't expect this i posted this on twitter i thought we'd be the two seed dallas you said the one you did this morning
2: I I did yeah. think just based on uh, if you go back to to that pod that we listened to with the uh, the, the committee chair, he made it pretty clear that in his my mind, or in his his mind, he thought they were number one. The uh, the Jacks were number one, so I, that's kind of what I was basing it on. But again, I I actually thought that Sac State had a better case with the crappy F uh, FBS win. Yep. So.
0: Well, didn't he kind of mention that it was kind of. SDSU is a consensus number one. I mean, that was almost the words he yeah. used, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you know, he it basically like, said consensus oh, one. Oh, yeah that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty strong language. Yeah. All right, so
1: so we'll play the winner of St. Francis in Delaware. Everyone can see that. Um, we'll get into that game just in a little bit here, a little bit more. Um, Holy Cross will play the winner of Fordham in New Hampshire. Interesting there. I'm happy Fordham got in. Uh, any thoughts on that? I'm really happy they got in. As a, a second right, hold on, Patriot we got Mark.
2: We, we got Mark Nelson watching. I saw that pop up. What's up, Nelly? Also, one of my favorites played with him too. He was uh, kind of on the opposite end. He he was an older guy when I when I showed up. But
0: okay, cool. I I'm really excited to see Fordham get in too. They've had a great season. I've been following them. They've been, you know, I I think you vote in the uh, FCS broadcast media. A poll don't you guys
1: i i Um, don't because i'm busy doing
0: other stuff then uh, okay fair enough anyway they've been slowly making their way up the ranks they got some good players it'll be interesting to see how they stack up against new new hampshire who i think's the consensus favorite on this game but i don't know that they're gonna win i know our so our guys right on uh on the on the hack city podcast
1: uh joe and sean don't like new hampshire so just as, as being uh friends or whatever of theirs, supporters of theirs, I'm taking I'm taking Fordham on that one. Uh Tim he, Morant, right? Does he's a hell of a quarterback. Brett,
0: so. Tim D- Day-Morant, yeah, yeah. Tim Day-Morant, yeah. yeah he's, a, he's always on the fat stats, lighting yep. it up. Uh tons of tuds, tons of yards. Um <laughs> dude's a dude's a baller. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, Brendan doesn't like New Hampshire. He's gonna throw that out there. So Maybe we'll we'll choose. Why doesn't Brendan like New Hampshire? <laughs> That's the most
2: random <laughs> <What>? Why? <laughs> Can you even point oh. to it on a map? I can't. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Maybe I'm confused.
2: Yeah. All right. It could be,
1: I don't know. It's next to Vermont. This right? seems
2: random. So,
1: yeah. All right. Gardner Webb, who I was did you know anyone that had Gardner Webb on their bracket? This surprised no. me. This one did.
2: No. Zero, they give... zero discussion about him. I, I don't think – I, I might have watched half, a little bit of a game at one point this year, but I know nothing about him.
1: Yep. Hey, so my friend Jace did bring this up. We do have to talk about this. The potential fordham Holy Cross rematch is awesome. Uh, their last one was an epic multi-overtime shootout, and so that's that's going to be a heck of a game to watch uh, if Fordham Bud does beat New Hampshire. That'd be a really fun game to see. So, yeah gardner webb is the auto bid, yes thank you good call duh <laughs> doesn't like anyone thanks rick
0: yes <laughs> uh all right um, actually i think what it is is i always confuse uh you know new hampshire and delaware because they're basically the same to me um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry guys t-
2: wait, we're gonna wind up on somebody's uh intro yeah, exactly. video. oh
0: great yeah, All right, if they're quoting me. They're they're in bad shape, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Eastern Kentucky makes it out of the mess that was the the WAC Sun uh, somehow. I don't understand that fully, but they made it. So uh, Montana State's gonna play either North Dakota or Weber. I'd imagine Weber is gonna move on from that. Uh, I'd I'd kind of hope so because UND may give up a thousand rushing yards to Montana State in that matchup. So. all right bottom half of the bracket um you guys want to talk about this a little bit simo and montana simo i mean the the internet would
2: basically burn to the ground when montana made it in from i don't feel like they
0: should have made it yeah that was surprising they got they got canned yesterday right i mean they got that was
2: so disappointing and i mean they've really i mean this is backing your way in to the playoffs, you look oh. at it. Uh, you you can I don't know what real quality wins you can argue. Well, they got money. Uh,
0: that's that's why they got in. Let's be serious. Yeah, that's what it come down to.
1: And they miss. looked
0: awful, awful. Like they they weren't even competitive
1: against Montana State. Maybe after their first scoring possession, but that was penalty
0: aided majorly. So yeah. they looked awful. Ugh. I mean, I <laughs> feel like you and I. And YSU are better teams than Montana in yeah. the last outings.
1: And Jim's Davis, right. I, I personally yeah, would yeah. put UC Davis in
2: after, I mean they, a hundred they tough. percent. Yeah. But and Davis Davis should have beat, and we'll get we'll talk about the Sac state when we get there, I guess. But I Davis should have won that game. They would have had 10 more seconds, maybe 15 on the clock. UC Davis mm-hmm. would have won that game.
0: Would have loved to see that one. Yeah. Right? Huh. All right, so
1: whoever wins that one, uh, Montana and SEMO. Um, I'm interested in Simo with Geno Hess, right, the running quarterback. Like, that's going to be an interesting matchup there against NDSU's defense, you know. Um, it, it takes a dual-threat quarterback to beat NDSU, and NDSU did look a little vulnerable up the middle yesterday again um, on runs. So we've talked about their roster departures, so that's just interesting too.
2: I still either uh, one of those teams that in the fargo dome in the playoffs i got to imagine somebody's getting beat by three to four scores yeah i just i don't yeah. think it's going to be close
1: yeah agreed yeah i don't think you're wrong but there's still hope dallas still hope <laughs> um all right so idaho and selah or Slu. they don't like <laughs> going by selah Slu, southeastern louisiana so the Fighting X are traveling down there. How do we feel? How do we feel about that?
0: I I think it's going to be an excellent game, and I'd like to see them pull it off. I think they have a better team. Just them point blank, like, they play. Yeah, yeah, Idaho. Yeah. Sorry, the Fighting X. My bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know they they clearly are in the upper echelon of the Big Sky, which was and is perennially one of the best conferences. They had. I mean, they blew their last game against UC Davis. Are not their very last game, but the game against UC Davis. Mm-hmm. But I think they that's just smack. because UC Davis is that quality of an opponent. And I, I think if they go down there, they they give them the what for. Yeah, Jay says Idaho by a million. Yeah, I don't know about that, but we'll I think see. They'll beat him handedly.
1: But I think that next matchup with Sanford is going to be fun, no matter what. Uh, Idaho's dual threat quarterback and and. In- Slew's passing game against a Samford defense that gave up 500 passing yards yesterday uh to Mercer. 500 passing yards. <laughs> <laughs> so so well, that's
0: going to be interesting to watch. <laughs> I think Idaho held their uh their star quarterback out last game, right? Giovanni. Yeah, they uh, he didn't play and and they had a, a new kid play. Uh, I was surprised nope. when it wasn't Jaborri because yeah, no Jabori came in came in at the end of the UC Davis game, but uh, oh. yeah they had the the younger guy pop in there so apparently Giovanni's health is on the men in some way okay. and that's why they held him out. So. okay.
1: All right. Uh, Elon versus Furman interesting. I don't know a ton about either one of these programs. Uh, besides Elon smacked Delaware pretty good earlier this season. So that's something to kind of pay attention to. But I don't know much about either one of these two.
0: You guys? I think they call Furman Furple. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: that's what I know about them. The, they're the Paladins, well, right?
1: A knight. The, yeah, the Paladins.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. They're Purple. The silence is um, deafening. No, I know nothing about either one. I, I feel teams
0: that are Purple or wear Purple should always lose, so I'm going to take you <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but Incarnate Word is going to be an interesting game to watch just with their offense.
1: Um, and the points that they can put up. So whoever they match up against is going to have to have some offensive fu- firepower. So we'll see on that. Elon is good. Thanks, Jace.
2: <laughs> so we should just send take Jace him, a Jake. link. He clearly has got, got this covered better than us. Yeah, right, right. And <laughs> yeah, Jace, who you got for Davison
0: against Richmond? I, I take <laughs> yeah. I take the Spiders because they're, they're scholarship. As do I. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like, actually, Richmond matched up with Sac State
1: um, Sac State's going to have to show me that they can pass the ball a little bit more efficiently than they did against Davis for sure. Uh, to, to, I think move along too far in this bracket, like someone's going to slow their run game down, uh, their quarterback run game, especially. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they got to pass, figure out how to pass the ball, but Davis's secondary is good too. We know that. So yeah, I think I saw two,
2: two fans nation guys had, had, uh, Richmond winning three games, two games. Hmm. Anyway, but get, getting getting out of that, and I think getting past Sac State too, so that I'm kind of excited to see that matchup.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think when they whoever gets matched up with UIW is going to have to win it in a shootout, right? I mean, because that they can put up some points. Yeah
1: can they play Can they play defense though? I mean, they did slow Southern Illinois down no. at the start of the year, but
0: no, that's true. They it's... really don't play defense. Sac State's got a pretty quality defense, so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So this is a fun bracket.
1: I mean, I think they got it right besides Montana. Like, I don't think Montana deserved to be in here, and we talked about that. I I really do like our bracket, guys. Like, I know a lot of folks are getting a little bit nervous about Montana State down the road, but that's a semifinal game. No matter who you're playing in the semifinals, they're going to be good, right? Yeah. Uh, A lot of folks saying, yeah, we get them at home this year. A lot of folks saying um, NDSU, you know, on the opposite side, they they would rather play them before instead of in Frisco. Sure. You know what? But either way, you're in the national championship at that point. It's going to be a tough game no matter what.
2: Exactly. I would, uh, you know, our fans hopefully would show out. We got to win a few games before you get to that anyway. So you can't can't get too concerned now. I want to talk actually, if we're, we're looking at just the bracket at large, talk about the one the 1 through 4 seeds and how those shook out because I I don't think I was the only one surprised by that. Mm-hmm. I think the Montana State fans absolutely have a case to be pissed. Yep. just or, or just slighted if nothing else. My assumption is even though the the committee chair said that they do not move seeds around based on regionality or matchups, I would bet everything <laughs> That the way that this went was they said, okay, who's your one? We agree, with South Dakota State's the one. Okay, we're gonna make NDSU the three then to put them on right. the other side. I, yep. I just I don't know how else that happened because otherwise it makes no sense. But if yeah. we would have been the two, they would have been the four then. Yeah, look, they did
0: the same thing for the for the Big Sky teams, right? I mean, Montana State's on one bracket, Sacramento State's on the other side, so they didn't sure, want those those matchups before you know potentially the the. The national championships, so.
2: sure, but I'm I'm very myopic in my views, and I am uh, uh, a <laughs> uh, Missouri Valley homer if nothing else. So I'm only looking at that side of it.
0: Um, okay, I I, I mean the just... argument <laughs> can be made to bring NDSU down quite a ways in their seed. Other than oh, their 100%. other yeah. other than their their record, they didn't have any real quality wins that I saw that stood off the page. But maybe that's my myopic view of. Teams that yeah. wear green and play in the FCS, I don't like. <laughs> you know, it just is. Montana State was the
1: one thing that felt like a lock in terms of where teams were going to be seated. Right, there were yep. some questions about SDSU, yep. Sac State, some questions about you know NDSU being potentially four through six. I saw in a few brackets even. um Montana State though was three on all of them, an undefeated Big Sky season, co-champs. Uh, I, you know, only an FBS loss, right? So it just felt like they were going to be locked in at the three. I don't know. It just it feels just so strange. I'm with you, Dallas. It feels just so strange that they're not they're not the three that they slid to the four.
0: But whatever, it is what it is. Jordan Jordan think weighs in. He thinks the committee wanted NDSU and Frisco again, which has to be a money thing. Has to be. I, he says, I don't Res- know. Resume not there. I I, I mean, mean you- the Montana thing's a money thing. Couldn't it be the same thing for? But, but but I mean the, but, but the tickets are sold aren't
2: they so yeah, the tickets are they sold are, but and... but at just the the the, t- the the narrative and the TV viewership maybe I'm delusional here but I mean is there maybe more interest if you get marker game two in Frisco or am I the, I mean is that just only in you know surrounding the Dakotas anyone yeah. would yeah. actually notice that yeah does anyone well, care outside I
0: think of that? they'll hype the heck out of it if if that happens I mean we've been wanting for years but we
1: have hundred yeah, percent
0: holding our side of the bargain it's time to change that fellas.
1: Yeah. Right. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about Delaware quick. We'll dive in more next week when we know who we play for sure. Um, but we do need to talk about uh, not shenanigans um, Dakota iron quick. We'll talk about Dakota iron and equipment here quick. Um, so Dakota iron is your place for your heavy machinery needs whether it's a construction site, a farm site, or you just want to get something to move some snow uh, this winter. Uh, we've already gotten plenty of snow here in Appleton, Minnesota. So I'm good on snow for a while, fellas. Um, but thank you, Dakota, Dakota Iron. Stop in, uh, go to dakotaironequipment.com and see their inventory. And if you don't see what you need, give John a call and he'll help you find it. So thank you, guys. And then uh, out of that bracket... Where do we think our 50 bur- butter burger is going to come from this week? Out of our bracket? Out, out of that bracket that was up. But
2: out of the next you week. me to throw back up. It, yeah, yeah throw it's all back up, up. up. Yeah. Is it going to be the that top Fordham? or the
1: bottom? Fordham? Are they going to put up 50?
0: I don't know. No. New Hampshire. Mm. I'd say Idaho. Uh
2: Idaho probably. That's actually my, where my, my that's where I my I went. You think so? Yep. All right. I I think I uh Eck likes to make an impression and I don't think uh sorry, you call them Slu instead of sila Slu. <laughs> it's I, don't think, I don't think yeah. yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I don't they can they can defend uh you know what comes out of the north. So, if I had to pick one, give me that.
1: Yep. There you go. Hey, and this is a good point. I missed this Jim's point earlier. If you have not Bought your tickets yet on the resale site? Do so soon because they are creeping up. Prices are going up quickly. Um, Get them secured. If it's, you'll be able to resell them. Um, Most of us on this show right now made a nice profit last year, and I don't apologize for that. So you have to eat the fee, but you'll be able to sell them for more. So, and I'm not guaranteeing that. So don't sue me if you lose your butt.
2: trying to wind up with Richmond versus. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, us, I'm trying to think us, of a game to to. Yeah. It's <laughs> <for sure laughs> us. Yeah. That's, that's
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So <laughs> earlier in the show, I believe it was Darren or Aaron Almick uh, said that this is shaping up to look like the spring playoff season. Right? Uh, we have Holy Cross on our side, Delaware on our side of the bracket. Yeah. Interesting, very intriguing. So, Delaware looks fairly similar to what we saw in the spring. Uh, They don't have the dominant running back anymore, he's gone. But what they do still have is their quarterback, Nolan Henderson, who he beat the shit out of, and he still kept getting up (laughs) over and over and over again. On the season, he's passed for almost 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Uh, and he hasn't ran as much this year uh, that year. He was almost, I thought 500 rushing yards. I could be wrong on that, but 324 gross yards, 132 net. So uh, he is still a problem and their defense. Again, Johnny Buchanan is one of the best uh, FCS linebackers in the country right now, 121 tackles on the season, uh, one sack just a really fun player to watch at that uh, middle linebacker position Uh, was watching or just listening to to some highlights. And, you know, they, they said he's someone that's going to be playing on Sundays and wouldn't shock me. He was a good player Um, in that game. Also, you'll recall the Jacks uh, uh, earned what nine sacks, eight sacks, seven sacks, something like that, a a huge amount Uh, Delaware's offensive line, has given up just twenty-five, or has given up twenty-five. That's not just there. That's not a great number. So twenty-five sacks this season. So that's something to watch. So I'm interested in that. Chad, did you find some stuff on Saint Francis?
0: I did find some stuff on Saint Francis. Uh, you'll have to forgive me here. I got to take that down. Um, yeah, you're good to look at it. You know they they put up quite a few yards uh, average per game in the air, two hundred and fifty-two point uh, two seven. I guess that's a little bit too granular. Um, their total offense, total yards per game is 444 and a half. Ooh. So that's quite a bit. That's a salty yeah. offense. Yeah. Um, And they run the ball for 192 a game. So. Okay. They hmm. have some offense. That's for dang sure. Yeah. Um, it's the NEC though, right? It's so the NEC though. Yep.
1: They don't Limited really scholarships.
2: Um, but look at, look at the non-conference schedule. I mean, okay, so Akron is... Complete trash. They are, they are probably the worst <laughs> FBS team. Are I mean, they I mean, worse so... than Colorado State though? I uh, so according to this uh, sergeant ratings, I don't think so. But I I would argue that maybe they are. I like watching Mackson. Akron is so bad, hmm. but I mean they, they took them to overtime, which might be Akron's only win of the year. I could be wrong. Wow. Uh, yeah. So and then and then they played. I mean they played Richmond to a ten point game to start the year. And then, you know, and then handled, handled the regular season. So, this I don't, this is not a slouch. This is a good okay. team.
0: Interesting. They, they do give up 309 uh, yes. yards per game. And I saw that, looks too. Like, Yeah. So, I mean, it looks like a little bit more they give up in the air.
2: Through the um, air, yeah. But,
0: but that's kind of balanced their defense there, so. Sure. So
1: we know these NEC squads, right? Because we've played Robert Morris and we played Duquesne. It felt like a thousand times um, that they have good athletes. It's just the trenches where they they completely fall off is is offense and defensive lines. So if Saint Francis has that, then sure, then that's let's go. I say bring them on. Yeah, I'd love to see someone new.
0: That's what I love about the playoffs is playing new schools and letting them freeze in brooking south dakota it's great <laughs> i mean they're used to the cold but at least they can freeze there instead
2: yeah right it is i mean you you look at the and I, I don't have have starting line pulled up but i mean there's a not many guys over 300 pounds we got 315 310 295 300 it's just looking at the frames it doesn't obviously doesn't match up with what you're going to see uh sure. in the missouri valley and yeah, that'll be a fun, uh, a fun matchup, I guess, to watch and get to learn about a couple of new teams. And that that'd be my advice to Jacks fans: is make sure that you, you know, know when that game is going to be, get it pulled up on ESPN Plus and and learn something.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Cool. All right. Um, this has been fun, man. Josh Davis was so good. Thank, thanks, yeah. everyone, for tuning in on that. Um, so yeah homework get your playoff okay. tickets secured get your tickets yep. for Frisco secured
2: got and it. then okay, hold on I'm got to write this down spent,
1: yeah spend next Saturday watching lots of football like this Saturday and that got because it. that was fun ESPN plus rocks being able to go back and forth between so many games so quickly what
2: is it not exactly only that you, you can, that can log games. in
0: on multiple devices and have yeah. like your tablet you your can. phone and your TV yeah, it's
2: awesome. Exactly, we've got yeah. multiples on the house. It's way better than
0: Flow I... Sports, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, I have to watch Flow Sports for college hockey. It's the worst. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, get, free, get it pulled free
0: up. Free Flow Sports. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Watch all the games. Get your tickets. What? What else was the other one? Oh no, uh, playoff tickets and then Frisco tickets. Got it. Yep.
0: Yep. Prep all yourself right. to tailgate and be at the Jacks game. That's yep. also homework be yep. there there we Unless go you bought tickets to a concert in vegas somewhat unknowingly too early in the year <laughs> yeah
1: all right jim poppin you may have some rooms available maybe uh, He's also staying out of vrbo excellent um might be cheaper tickets available in fargo area in a couple three weeks <laughs> 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 um there's no such thing as cheap fcs uh tickets when they get yeah. that close to the game title game Love it. yeah awesome uh with that everyone please like subscribe follow share man uh
2: when Rate, the rumors of, tell
1: a friend yeah the rumors of twitter's demise this week uh were kind of scary so make sure you're liking us on facebook and youtube as well so yeah, um,
0: we only got a couple hundred followers over there make sure to follow the jackrabbit illustrated yeah. channel on youtube
1: Yep, and also the FCS Fans Nation channel. Um, we're part of it, but there's going to be a ton of good content uh, over the next few weeks. So continue to learn about
0: FCS football. So I believe they have a Megapod going on right now. So yeah. they're, Let's they're hop sure in. in. Yeah. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.
1: Go big. Go blue. Go, go Jacks. Jacks.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We would also like to thank our title sponsors, Drake's Place of Bottle and Cottonwood Coffee and Bistro of Brookings. We would also like to thank our other sponsors, Dakota Iron Equipment of Sioux Falls, Shenanigans Sports Bar and Grill in Sioux Falls, and Culver's of Brookings and Watertown. And as always, Go Jacks!